Thanks for listening to the Unlocking Athletes podcast, presented by the EAX Athlete Academy, where we dive into youth sports and everything that comes with it. I'm your host, Nate Woodruff, Athlete Academy Director and General Manager of Evolution Athletics Gym in West End, North Carolina, along with my good friend Tyler Crump, CrossFit coach extraordinaire out of Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome back to Unlocking Athletes. I'm really excited to release this episode that we have titled Coach's Roundtable. Today, we've got Russ Dixon joining the podcast. Russ coaches our kids class here at Evolution Athletics, as well as adult fitness classes. He's been working with the kids program for about six months now and has grown it from one or two kids to over 20 and does a great job of giving them some basic fundamentals of fitness, as well as providing a fun atmosphere to help create a positive relationship with the gym and with exercise. Throughout the episode today, we talk through some of the similarities and differences in coaching kids versus high school athletes versus adults what the goal should be for each level, as well as some of the issues we see as coaches working with these different groups. I hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. Sit back and enjoy episode 11 of Unlocking Athletes. All right, uh, welcome back to the Unlocking Athletes podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, Today we've got kind of an interesting dynamic here. We're going to do basically kind of a roundtable discussion on programming. Um, So we've got like, obviously, you know, I work mostly with kind of the middle school, high school, college athletes, even some tactical athletes going into kind of some adults that train for specific events, whether it be triathlon or um, even guys that are just trying to get better. Like I have a client right now. It's just trying to get better at pickleball and tennis. Um, so that's kind of my sport performance area. Um, obviously, Crump is kind of programming for GPP adults, but also some CrossFit athletes. Um, and today... We've got a friend of mine and our kids coach here at the gym, Russ Dixon. Um, He runs our kids class and that's ages five to 12. So we're going to talk about kind of the different, I guess, the similarities and the differences in how we program, um, what's appropriate programming for those type of clients as far as age and experience and those kind of things. So um, thank you guys for for being here. Really, the goals that that I'm trying to accomplish with this particular podcast is really just to help people understand, um, again, the, the differences in programming, right? Like what the goals should be for a five-year-old as opposed to a 17-year-old as opposed to a 35-year-old, um, you know, based on their sport and all that kind of thing. So, um, Crump, why don't you start and uh, I guess just talk a little bit about um, kind of who, who you train, who your main group is. Um, and kind of where your focus is training wise. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess the, the bucket would be CrossFit, but then that's kind of split into two buckets as well as the, like you said, the GPP and then the, the, I don't know, competitive athlete. Um, so the GPP, there are people that just, they just want to be healthy. They know they need exercise. I was just talking to a couple of people at the gym last night. They're like, these are the people that are like, I don't know what to do at a gym. So I go somewhere and have somebody tell me what to do, Yeah, which is great. Like, that's part of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones that just like, they don't want to dedicate their entire lives to this thing, but they understand that exercise is health, healthy. Um, so there, that's one bucket. And then the other bucket is the like people that make CrossFit like their sport. You know, that it's the, it's more of, it's not just a lifestyle thing. It's a, this is the sport I compete in, which, and again, they may be doing similar things. Like they both do wall balls, but one's wall ball volume and intensity is very different than the other's wall ball volume and intensity. So, um, I, yeah, so it's, it's similar, but it's very different, very different, um, goals and outcomes for the two buckets, but it's all CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll kind of talk, we'll dive into the kind of the specific principles that we use. Um, you know, like you talked about maybe just the the level of intensity or the volume or the speed or whatever. Um, but we'll, we'll dive into that in more detail. What about you kind of talk through the kids that you work with and kind of the, what, what you do with those guys? Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me. This is, this is really cool. Yeah, first, <laughs> first, first podcast. Um, uh, yeah, I work with kids ages five to 12. Um, and the, goal of it is just for them to create healthy habits and a healthy relationship with fitness. So the, I've been working the program for, I don't know, we'll say the last five, six months. Uh, When it first started, it was just like two or three kids would come at a time. So I was able to 
focus more on weightlifting movements, you know, working on a, a deadlift or using a barbell for something. Um, but the problem that we ran into, which is a great problem to have, is, is the class is growing. We now have close to 20 kids that are coming every Tuesday and Thursday. <clears throat> and so instead of working on movements, it's more of just gaining that relationship with fitness um, and making it fun, but keeping it an hour long where it's competitive, but fun uh, because the kids get really super competitive sometimes and there's <laughs> five-year-olds crying and everything. Um, but yeah, we're just working with kids ages five to 12 and making sure that they're, they're getting a, a workout, they're getting motivated, they're learning life skills. So it's not just the fitness, they're learning you know, how to be a leader, you know, in the weight room or out, you know, in the classroom or at home, everything like that. So with the kids program, every single week we have a, a theme. So I, I brought up leadership this week. It's, it's leadership. And we're really focusing on, on every movement that we do that, Hey, if I, if I'm a 12 year old boy and I see this, you know, five-year-old boy struggling, the 12 year olds, you know, I'm teaching them to step up and be a leader and, and help them with whatever the movement may be say it's a burpee something like that but the the movements that we use in the gym it's with the with the kids it's real simple you know a lot of air squats a lot of burpees a lot of different variations of sit-ups and crunches and uh and running yeah 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 i think that's interesting i think um like i think one of the areas that you and i run into is like making sure that it is fun because i think when you do get to be an adult um like obviously crump in your world um like it's a grind right like if you're trying yeah, to be yeah. an elite crossfit athlete like sometimes you're not having fun right but trying to yeah. keep that that relationship of like yeah the workout itself might, might not be fun right but the results that you're getting from it the goals that you're attaining like that's becomes the fun part yeah um so i think it's critical if we can in like what he's doing if we can instill that at a young age a healthy relationship with the gym like yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tiring, but at the same time, like it should be fun. Like you should uh -huh. enjoy coming to the gym. Um, and if you're not, then like, let's figure out why, right. Maybe yeah. you need to, and, and you probably run into that too, right. With, you know, Hey, you just need to get away from the gym for a few days. Yeah. Like, and that's okay. Um, but I think developing that relationship early is huge. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, let's, let's go into like, maybe just some principles of programming. So when you're, when you're, putting together a program for, let's just say a GPP. So for those of you who don't know, GPP is gen general physical preparedness. This is just kind of your everyday athlete, like you were talking about. Um, is there kind of a skeleton that you go through? Is everything like super specific to the person? Like what is kind of your process for developing those programs? Yeah, for me, it's it's the more specific I can make it, the better. Um, and that's not to say that thing, and we'll get into this about like principles, but um, Whenever I've got a person that is just like, hey, like class just isn't for me. I want to do CrossFit, but I just want more like one-on-one -on -one attention and focus. <clears throat> it's always going to be the, the more specific I can make it, the better, because that's just how fitness is, right? Like there are, there are principles, there are um, themes that matter, but, you know, intensity for me is going to look very different than intensity for you and my joint structure and um training history might make me back squatting okay but somebody else trying to just do gpp they shouldn't back squat right so like knowing those things matters so i i Typically for a GPP person, I'm, I'm going to have them, they're going to do some sort of squat, some sort of push, some sort of pull, some sort of hinge, some sort of core, some sort of single leg thing, some sort of single arm thing throughout their week, just because that's like the natural human function yeah. or those things are the natural human functions. But uh, that's going to look very different for each person, depending on, like I said, like um, I'm, I'm doing personal training for a guy at the gym now who uh he's he's always had low back issues and he he's scared to do like lunges and step ups because of his low back so we're doing lunges and step ups for him one because he needs it and two just to show him that his body's a lot more resilient than he thinks it is whereas someone else may be able to instead of doing 
lunges and step ups, I can get him to do like a goblet Cossack squat, right? Of much more advanced single leg movement, but he's just not there yet. So um, it's, I, I don't think I ever just run off of skeletons. I kind of, and honestly, that's one of the things that that's the hardest for me is like drawing up a person's first week of programming because it's like, how do I take all of these things that they need and kind of triage them and then put them into a system that makes sense? Um, but yeah, so I always try and go very as, as specific as possible. Yeah. What do you kind of do? We'll kind of let's go through kind of the, the life of a, a young athlete, right? So five, six, seven, eight year old comes to you like what, what kind of when you're putting together the kids class, what are some kind of principles that you're thinking about? as far as structure goes so when i structure the class i mean i kind of do it i call it like the sandwich method so i want the kids to be excited when they come in they come in they're excited they they want to be there the first five ten minutes it's going to be fun it's going to be simple they're going to be running around laughing and interacting uh with each other um and then the meat of it the the actual sandwich you know that's going to be a difficult workout that i'm trying to push them to their limit you know i, I want them to push themselves but you know, not not kill themselves, and so it's really it's really on me to motivate them. So when I'm figuring out the workout, you know, say it's just running a down and back, you know, running 50 meters and and doing a couple burpees. It really de it depends on the kid. If he's going to run as fast as he can and do the burpees as fast as he can, then he's going to get the the best results. Um, and then the other bread of the sandwich is going to be the the last 10 minutes of making sure that they they have fun there's going to be some sort of game that they're playing that has some fitness challenge in it so really that's what i look at is i i come in and when i'm programming it i'm like how can i make the first five or ten minutes really fun you know the meat of it you know 20 30 minutes uh where it's a difficult workout but they're not pushing themselves too hard and then make sure you have fun at the end and yeah. i kind of alluded it um you know, we used to do a lot of complex movements or more complex movements. Now I've, I've found that it's better for the, the children, you know, because the age range of a five-year-old versus a 12-year-old is huge. Yeah. A five-year-old, you know, is tripping over their feet versus a 12-year-old who plays three sports, you know, is, is an athlete, you know. So I keep it very simple where, you know, running, squats, push-ups, burpees, sit-ups, like they can do all those. A five-year-old can do that, a 12-year-old can do it. And it just it depends on the the intensity that they they bring. Yeah. And that a lot of that relies on me or, you know, I have an assistant coach, Britt. She we have to sit there and motivate them. If we just say, hey, here's your workout. Go have fun. They're going to be lollygagging, walking around. But if you're clapping for them, tell them they're, you know, motivating them. That's what's going to help them create that that healthy relationship with the gym. And that's why they come back. And that's why. The next time they're there they're excited because they're like hey i remember coach russ told me i did a great job on my my burpees last week yeah so a lot of my programming really as i said it's just keeping it simple um and keeping it happy fun and 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 push them yeah yeah and like you're absolutely the perfect person to do that um yeah i, I kind of fell into it i don't know if you want me to talk about that i kind of fell into it backwards um you know a little background about nate and i um I had a business across the street from the gym here. I was overweight, uh, not really working out. I'd bench press maybe like once or twice a week and, you know, run on the treadmill for five minutes. That was, that was what I was doing. Um, I grew up in the gym and, and, you know, have a fitness background, but there were years after having kids that I just fell away from the gym. But when I was working at my office, I would see these fit people running up and down the road. And I was like, man, I want to be a part of that. So I came in to, to see what the gym was about. And there was a girl here who's a competitive CrossFit athlete, Danielle Dunlap, and she's doing handstand push-ups. I swear she was doing a hundred of them unbroken. And I was like, this is, this is insane. I was like, this is not for me. Um, and so I went to leave the gym and Nate stopped me. And he's like, Hey man, he goes, I would love to have you here. You know, I'm six, three, he's six, five. He's like, there's not a lot of tall guys in here. He's like, I'd love to work out with you. And just that little touch there. I was like, you know what? I'm going to come back. And that was three years ago and you know i'm here every day now so two years in of working out every day and and you know you know getting better and better each day nate was like hey i would love for you to coach here so i was like i would love to so i i got a, a crossfit l1 and started coaching you know 
the next day. I did the weekend class, and then Monday I was I was coaching. <laughs> a couple months after that, um, the kids program fell apart. The person that was coaching it, she happened to leave, go somewhere else, and so Nate Nate asked me. He's like, "Man, you're good with children. You're you know you're a leader and you're fit. Like, and you're a good coach. Like, would you want to do this?" And I was scared of it. I was like, <laughs> "I don't know, man. Like, are you sure? Are you sure?" Um, and I'm so happy I did it, as he said, like, it is the perfect fit for me. It really is. Like I, I have my fitness background and, and, and I, my passion is fitness. Like that's, I basically live in this gym cause I just, I'm kind of a gym rat and I love it here. Uh, but working with children is a passion of mine and, and being a motivator is really, you know, a natural talent of mine. So yeah. I kind of fell into it and I'm happy I did cause it's, you know, I've been doing it for a couple months and it just keeps growing. Each class is bigger than the next. And it's a, as I said, it's a good problem to have because now I'm trying to adjust and maybe adding extra classes. And yeah, dude, a 20 kids, kids class. That's unheard of. It's like herding cats. It's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nuts, but they, the kids are great. They are, they are great. And they, they learn quickly. Um, and luckily I have like a good core group who've been there for a few months and, mm -hmm. and they step up as leaders. And, you know, when a kid's acting out, he'll be like, Hey buddy, like, we don't, we don't do that. We're not, we're not swinging on the, the pull up bar right now. We're supposed to be over here. Nice. So it's good to have. Yeah. He's being nice. It was more like Russ, please coach this because if you don't, I'm going to have to coach it. I'm going to kill one of these kids. So we need you to do this. Yeah. Um, not only will we not have kids, we'll have lawsuits. Right, right. Some yes, lawsuits. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's he's done a great job uh, with the kids' class. And like you said, it's Appreciate it's huge that. now. We're getting to the point where it's like we're literally trying to figure out, hey, if we get – got to cap this at some point, and we're going to have to, like, figure out how to add another class. Maybe we're doing a daytime class for homeschool kids or whatever it might be. Um, so we're kind of talking through different options there. Yeah, but I – I, the cap i don't want to because i want i want as many kids as <laughs> yeah. possible i want you know the whole community i want them to come but the problem is this isn't my career i have a i have a career outside of fitness and so i don't want to cap it and the only way not to cap it is if i offer more classes and and spend more time doing it so yeah. it's kind of that figuring out that battle yeah yeah no it's good um it's it's good to see the like kids in here they're excited like you said to come in um and then kind of the the goal with kind of how we designed the program was like, hey, once you're done with kind of this intro kids class, then you're moving on to like a more performance, like sports performance coach, which is kind of where where I fall. Um, and and really, like as far as principles go, once they get to me, I'm a big believer in building athleticism. Um, like I think that's a, a buzzword that a lot of people throw out there and they're like, oh, he's super athletic or he needs to get more athletic. But nobody really like defines what that is and knows how to like actually improve athleticism. Um, so I follow the power athlete method. John Wellborn, who used to do CrossFit football, um, he developed this power athlete method. I'm a power athlete uh, block one coach. So that's kind of the framework that I use to build every program that I do, um, whether it's a nine, 10 year old kid all the way up to tactical athletes that are pre preparing for different types of selections. Um, even like with my triathletes and stuff, I use kind of that framework, um, but I just kind of change some of the details of it, I guess. Um, but yeah, essentially, essentially the way that he defines athleticism is basically being able to seamlessly and effortlessly move through space, right? Like move through space to accomplish different tasks. Um, so combining different movement patterns, um, to accomplish certain things. Um, so, so basically we define what those are. Um, so a, a squat, a hinge, a lunge, a step up, that's kind of all the lower body stuff. Um, and then upper body overhead, uh, vertical press, horizontal press, vertical pull, horizontal pull. Um, so those are his basic, what we, what he calls primal movements. Uh, he combines squat and hinge, but I, I separate them out a little bit, but essentially there's seven or eight of these, what he calls primal movements. Um, so those are things that I build into the, the workout. Like you were talking about stuff that you do weekly that's built in every week in some form or fashion. I'm going to hit those movements. We're going to weight them differently. We're going to load them in different, you know, places. We might do a front rack or a back rack or a dumbbell or a kettlebell sandbag. Like there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, and then the other pieces that I add to it again, in pretty much every program I write, we're going to do some frontal plane stuff. Um, so for those of you who don't, know what frontal plane is essentially imagine yourself standing in a hallway 
um, and you can only go side to side, right? So you're doing lateral lunges, Cossack squats, like you were talking about. Um, so frontal plane stuff, as well as rotational stuff. Um, and then I do sprint work and run conditioning. Um, so again, I'm working with mostly athletes, obviously pretty much any sport other than swimming, golf, those kind of things, like you're going to be running. Uh, so we have to do some run conditioning, speed kills. So we do sprint work with everybody. Um, so like I said, I, I use those principles in every program, but the focus changes based on the sport or the task, right? So even my triathletes, like they're doing sprint work, um, not as much sprint work. They're not doing as much sprint work as my sprinter does, but they're still going to do some speed work um, throughout the week. So, and and the, the other kind of piece that I try to keep in my mind is like, and you were talking about this a little bit a second ago, is making everything athlete specific. Right. So I have those that framework of, hey, we're going to hit these movement patterns. But based on the athlete, we're going to do maybe a different volume, maybe a different type, maybe a different load um, based on their age, based on their sport, uh, based on prior injuries, um, stuff like that. So that's kind of the way I think about it. Athlete specific, not sport specific and building athleticism. Um, so like I said, it's, I, I'm a firm believer that if you're a better athlete, if you're more athletic, then you're going to be better at whatever you do whether that be freaking mm -hmm. walking through daily life, whether it's going to the CrossFit games or, you know, as a six-year-old in PE class, right? Like if you're a better athlete, you're going to be better at the things that you're doing. Um, so that's a big thing, kind of my focus when I'm putting it together. Um, any other principles that you kind of think through when you're programming? Like you talked about the movements. Is there anything else that you're kind of thinking about, like maybe intensity wise or anything like that? Well, I think, I think that's just going to be an individual thing. Um, I think that's part of like, like one of the things I do with whether it's a competitive person or just a GPP person is like, I always sit down with them and have like, I don't know, depending on the person it's like a 30 to 60 minute consultation with them because like goals can affect that. Right. So like someone who I'm trying to think of an example, they're like, my, my low back hurts every time I pick up my kid, you know, like they're still just a GPP person, but their goals affect what they should be doing so they they want to be able to pick their kid up one two they want to be able to do it without their back hurting so that's going to be very different than somebody who's like they're single they you know they just have a super stressful job they don't have a lot of time for exercise but they need to exercise because they know they need to be healthy like so i think it's it's just very specific to the person of um like what their goals are really dictates what they need. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely. And we talked about this a little bit last week, um, like with athletes, especially like, you know, you say you want to do these things, right? So once you set these goals, there's certain things that you have to be able to do. Right. Um, so kind of building that program out, you know, based on what they want to do. I, I think that's important for all of us, right. Is to understand like, Hey, what are the goals for this kid? Um, or this group or this class or whatever, and then developing your program kind of based on that, uh, that end goal or that finished product. Yeah. Um, so you talked about like having um, like themes for your week, right? Yep. So is there any other things that you kind of talk through with them? Like you, you mentioned kind of the themes, like goals, mindset, nutrition, sleep, like anything that you kind of talk to the kids about? Hydration's a huge one. I want to make sure that they're drinking water. Um, and not drinking pop. Sorry, I'm from the Midwest, so soda for you guys. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, when when kids come in, I really stress uh, attitude and effort. Those are the two big things that that I expect out of each kid that comes in. And that's as long as they come with a good attitude and they're given effort. That's that is the the baseline. You know, if a kid comes in, he's he's causing a ruckus, has a bad attitude, he's not trying. Then that's something that I, you know, I have to talk to the parents and say, hey, maybe this isn't for him. Maybe this isn't for your girl. This, you know, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, the the themes they they change every week. Um, me personally, just as a uh, general way I live my life, it's all about optimism and 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 being positive. And so that that's a theme that reoccurs, you know, quite a bit is just positive mindset. You know, have that growth mindset, positive mindset, optimism making sure that that you're enjoying what you're doing you you know trying to teach the kids to enjoy the suffer uh which that's a very difficult one for kids to understand you know when they're 
they're running sprints and doing burpees and and they're out of breath and they're like this is terrible but you know figuring out a way to motivate them and make them realize wow this is actually fun i am enjoying this and that you know if i don't push myself i'm going to regret it because i'm not going to be as athletic as as nate said because because really my class you know the kids class is is that those building blocks of athleticism you know the air squats the push-ups the the sit-ups everything like that so yeah keeping them uh the themes you know keeping them positive and and having that that effort and good attitude yeah i think that's huge and that's probably a common trend that we all talk to our athletes about is and we probably say it in different ways but mm -hmm. controlling the things that you can control right and being the more elite you can be at those things like the other stuff usually takes care of itself um and i think that changes i talk to my athletes a lot about that like it changes from like when you're a kid you pretty much control your attitude and your effort and maybe your hydration to a point right like those are the things that you can really really have control over um as you get to the, like the high school middle school high school kids like you probably still control your attitude you still control your effort you probably have a little more control of your sleep you certainly have control of your hydration um and you probably have influence over your nutrition right like most of the high school kids are certainly not going to the grocery store and buying their own <laughs> meals and those kind of things like they're not cooking at night for the family which i get that but you also probably have influence over what you eat too right yeah. like most of these kids are not you know if, if you went home and said hey mom i want to eat you know chicken and broccoli for dinner can you you know next time you go to harris theater can you get that most parents aren't going to say no right they're not going to say nope actually we're going to eat fried chicken and we're going to eat out every single night and like they're not going to do that yeah so while you don't have necessarily control over it you certainly have um you know influence over it uh and then the other big one especially for the high school kids is like your environment right like who you hang out with the people that you surround yourself with um like you have a lot of control over that for the most part right like you may have some family friends or whatever but for the most part you control your environment um so we, i try to talk to those kids about like hey the, the the circle that you surround yourself with again your attitude and your effort um sleep hydration nutrition like if the more dialed in you can be on those things like all the other stuff kind of falls into place for you um yeah. and obviously you 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 do that a lot with your athletes i'm sure um you've got a nutrition background so i'm sure you talk a lot more about that than we do yeah well yeah probably uh just like what you were saying of just like because i don't deal with kids so i deal with people that are having to make those decisions for themselves but um yeah it's funny like when russ was talking about like he was talking he talks to his kids about hydration i was thinking i was like there's so many things that like like we're all in training just in very different um like like russ is doing younger kids you're doing you know older kids i'm doing adults but there's so many things that flow throughout all of those like he's talking about hydration i'm like i can't tell you how many times i've had to tell people to drink water yeah, yeah. like adults you know and it's just cool that like it's on one hand you think about it and you're like well as these adults you should know this already but on the other hand it's like it's cool that like he's he's doing things to actually help make my job easier in the long <laughs> right, run, yeah. you know, because like if he can get these kids to understand, like, yes, it's okay to go to the gym and it's okay to work hard, but working hard in a way that gives you something to be proud of and that you're doing something difficult to be proud of, that they look at the gym not as like a punishment or not as like a, oh, I got to do this, but like something that they actually look forward to that when they become an adult and they're able to do this, you know, more consistently, it's, it makes it a lot easier for the people that deal with the adults to like, Hey, you should be enjoying this. And if you're not, like you said, Nate, like, let's figure out why let's figure yeah. out what you do enjoy and then go do that. But he was talking about hydration. I'm like, that's, that's so many conversations that I have with adults about like, Hey, you should probably drink more than just coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right yeah. yeah i mean that's yeah we see that here too because you know i i do the kids class but we also you know i coach crossfit class mm -hmm. uh to adults and i get so many adults man i'm lightheaded today i'm like well have you had any water <laughs> no i mean i had two cups of coffee yeah exactly 
I would have some. When was the last but, time you ate? Oh, eight yeah. o'clock last night. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I make sure the very last thing I say every kid's glass is drink plenty of water. Every single we we break down one, two, three, you know, whatever we say, leadership, you know, positivity, whatever. And then the very last thing I make sure drink plenty of water. And that's just a simple thing that if if you know that's another habit to instill in, in children that when they grow up, you know, oh, I drink water. Like that's that's what I do. I, but that's the thing is like again, like from all three of us doing it in a different background. Like, it doesn't matter what your goal is. If your goal is just health, if your goal is just to feel better, if your goal is to perform better and win yeah. things, it's these things outside of the gym that play such a big role in those things that so often get overlooked. Like, well, I went to the gym. I checked that box. Okay, you're sleeping four hours a night. Yeah. yeah. And it's those things where it's like that, again, it doesn't matter your goal. All of those outside of the gym things are just as important as the inside of the gym things. And sometimes you could probably argue more important than the inside yeah. of the gym things. Yeah, I was about to say that too, because I, yeah. I, I feel like I have a conversation a lot with parents about like supplements and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's like, before we talk about supplements, like let's talk about their diet. Let's talk about their hydration. Let's talk about their sleep. Like before we worry about like how much creatine they're taking in and like, like all yeah. these other, uh, you know, different supplements that are out there, not saying that they're all bad and all those things, but like, Let's make sure the other things are lined up first. And then mm -hmm. if they are, and then we're still having some issues, then, okay, now let's have a conversation about, you know, what we need to do on top of that. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the basics, I, I think like what you just said, or the stuff that you do outside the gym in the other 23 hours, like make way more of a difference in my opinion, than what you do in the one hour that you're in the gym. Yeah. Um, and that's, like that's, that's something that like, I'm trying to, to work with people. I know this is about programming and we're kind of, but um, is like, I, I think so many, not, I think I know so many people don't understand that, like what we do in the gym doesn't actually create the adaptations that they want for whatever it is that they're working out for. It's the recovery yeah. from what we do in the gym that creates the adaptations, right? So like if, if we pound ourselves day after day, but we're never recovering from it, we're not going to make those adaptations, whether it's, uh, strength, speed, body composition, whatever it is, those adaptations aren't going to change or be made if I'm not recovering from it. Yeah. And I don't think I, so many people don't understand that. And I think that that's, that's like the new, I, I think like in fitness, there's always like this new like trend or topic that keeps uh, like lately it's been like electrolytes. Like yeah. nobody's ever heard of electrolytes before the past <laughs> six months. Um, but I think lately it's this of like, you have to recover from what you're doing. And I yeah, think yeah. that that's one of the things that, that is so unknown and, and not that people who aren't fitness professionals should know, like that's what we're for is to help them know that, but it's just not a common knowledge thing. Cause I mean, I didn't, I, I never would have thought that I'm like, well, I went to the gym, I worked out, that's where I'm going to get out of what I want. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's becoming like along with the electrolytes and other stuff. Like, I think recovery is certainly becoming one of those trends now, which is a, a good trend. A good thing. Yeah, yeah. really yeah. good trend. Um, but like you, you're seeing all like the ice baths and like red light therapy and like cryo yeah. and all this stuff is starting to it's it's starting to come and it always starts with like the you know NFL teams and professional mm -hmm. teams and elite military guys and then it kind of filters its way down mm -hmm. the social media influencers yeah yeah of course um it's and and it's really not to high schools yet like we don't have any real recovery stuff <laughs> uh, we don't have any like cold tubs or any of that stuff right now um we'll throw some trash like we did in college with the during like in between two a days we throw the big trash cans out there and throw ice water mm -hmm. in there everyone would share one which was <laughs> Super, <laughs> super, not good. Very um, yeah, it's like, hey, jump over thirty seconds. All right, get out, next guy. Yeah, we just pull everybody through, which is gross. But um, but yeah, I, I think right now, I think it's still in kind of the elites, um, and it's working its way down to like D one colleges, D two colleges, D three colleges. Like those are all starting to get all that stuff now. Eventually, it'll get to the high school level, um, but it takes a while to like filter down because it's expensive. Right. That stuff, it costs yeah. money. Um, and I don't think I don't think people, especially at the high school level, understand the value of recovery. 
um, which is ironic to me because in high school is when you probably need it the most because you're playing the most sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like once you get to college and NFL and stuff, like you're doing one thing. In yeah. high school, you're playing football in the fall, you're playing basketball in the winter, and then you're playing baseball or running track in the spring, and then you're playing AAU all summer. It's like they need recovery more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that I think it's filtering its way down, but it's gonna take it's gonna take a little while. Um <laughs> I'm really excited about this next little section of conversation because I think it'll I think it'll be comical one. Um but and we'll, again, it'll be similar. We'll we'll all have kind of common trends, but I think there'll be some differences too. Um, what are some common issues that that you see first of all with the kids' class? Like, what are some things that like issues that that come up during class, or maybe some things that um, that you wish you could address? I guess. Oh man, <laughs> um, parents stepping in is one. Um, it works much better when when the parents are just on the sidelines and they are just watching. Um, when the parents start stepping in, then the kids kind of lose focus, and then the kid who the parent is stepping in to help is not realizing, hey, this is this is Coach Russ's hour. He's supposed to be like I'm. I'm the leader, and, and so so I kind of address that real quick, and and the parents understand that. Um, I mean, for me too, it's just the kids' focus. It's very difficult to to keep kids focused. I, as I said, I do these themes and, and I also mentioned that I live my life, you know, as an optimist and, and, uh, you know, having positive mindset. And so I had a theme recently of this positive mindset and I came up, you know, I wrote this like seven minute speech of how powerful your mind is and and having these positive thoughts. Um, And I got into it and 30 seconds in, you know, kids are raising their hand hey, can I go to the bathroom? Or, hey, what's the workout? Hey, you know, um, hey, last week I I was running and I saw a cat run across the road, you know? So um, I've now learned, hey, keep it very simple. Get the key points and get that out there. So so for me, the struggle is it's, it's the the focus. Um, you know, occasionally it's it's parents stepping in, but they've, they've really learned, hey, it works better when it's just the coaches coaching. Um, and the effort. So it's it's difficult to figure out that line for a child. Hey, how hard can I push him? How hard can I push this four-year-old girl or this 12-year-old boy or, you know, um, and even like, you know, I have two 11-year-old boys and, and they're both athletes. They just play different sports and they both are just on different levels. And so trying to figure out, hey, why is this kid, you know, sucking wind and the other ones, you know, perfectly fine you know why is this kid wanting a break and the other kid i'm able to push so it's just trying to to figure out that line and it's all just for me it's just like a personal touch it's just kind of realizing seeing some cues you know there's a difference between a kid saying like hey can i go to the bathroom or get some water just because he's a little tired versus a kid who's like can hardly stand and is turning red and then i just know hey all right you can (laughs) take your take your break (laughs) Because I did happen to learn with Nate's children, uh, Nate's girls came uh, to one of the first kids' classes, and man, I programmed this. It was a work. It would have been a difficult workout for me, and I was pushing them and pushing them, and they wanted to give up. And I was like, "Come on, keep going!" And and they did. They kept going. But after that, they're like, "I don't want to go back." <laughs> that was too much. So. So that's my difficulty is trying to figure out the line of what's too much and and what's what's enough to get them, you know, a workout, what's going to get them tired at night. That's a big thing for the kids' classes. I'm telling these parents, I'm going to make sure they get tired so they sleep good at night. Um, and what's, you know, pushing them too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's probably a struggle for everybody, right? Like it's something that like every, every kid's different. Every adult's probably different. Um, the margins are probably a little bit smaller when you get into the adult world. Um, but yeah, like, and, and programming, I don't think there's certainly science that goes into it, but I tell people all the time, like there's a science to it, but there's, it's, it's more of an art than a science. Right. And trying yeah. to figure out like, I can push this person here, but I can't push them here. Like there's certain things that you can do um, with some people that you can't do with others. Um, but yeah. I, I, the issues that, that you have with, parents are similar. Like I have, I have similar issues with parents as well. 
um, and not just in the gym, but even like when, when I talk about sport coaching and those kind of things, um, <laughs> I'm going to make people mad when I say this. <laughs> I was trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, there's this, I, I, it's, it's an epidemic right now that I've been a part of. And it's people that are incredibly like have a, have a low knowledge level of something, but are incredibly confident in what they think about it. Um, yeah. And I don't understand that. Like there's just, and I actually looked it up today cause I was trying to figure out a way to talk about it. It's called the Dunning Kruger effect. Um, and it's, it's defined as people with the low, with low ability or low knowledge being overconfident, a systematic tendency to engage in erroneous thinking and judgment. Um, there's a name for it. There's a name for wow. it. So it's a real That's thing, cool. right? So, so this is not just me like making this up. This is an actual endemic in our world right now. Um, but yeah, and, and a lot of it, obviously, I think stems from social media. Like these parents will see these, you know, people doing certain things like, well, why isn't my kid doing this? And he should be training this way. And I saw, you know, whoever training like this. Why are why am my kid not training like that? Well, your kid's not six foot four and an NFL player. Like that's right. That's the truth. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, so, and, and, and parents obviously want the best for their kids. So like, I, I don't fault them for that, but to have, like, you brought them here for a reason. If you could handle all the training and stuff, you wouldn't have brought them to me, right? Like, this is why you brought them in the door so that you had somebody that knew what they were doing. Um, and it's the same thing with football and basketball and all these different sports that I've coached before is like, you know, you have parents that have never played, never coached, never been on the sideline of any kind of game and think that they know what they're doing. Like you haven't been to a single practice, but you think that your kid should be a starter. Um, you know, and, and so those kind of things happen for sure. Um, and part of that's probably my fault as far as like being very clear and upfront with parents at the beginning. Um, like I probably should do a better job of that. Um, but, but I think that's huge is like parents understanding what the goals are, like what some realistic expectations are for their kid. Um, like I've had parents come in here and bring their kid, you know, we talked about this the other day, <laughs> have a kid come in for like three sessions and be like, Hey, why is my kid not any stronger? Mm -hmm. Well, he's been here three times. Like, right. why, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you would say. Um, or parents that will come in and be like, Hey, in, you know, six months from now, how many, how much more is he going to be squatting? Like, gr great question. Like, right. you know, I mean, I don't know his genetics. I don't know how his body's going to respond. I don't like, I have no idea. All I can tell you is he's going to be stronger than, than he is right now. Right. Um, so stuff like that. And, and, and it makes it hard because like, as a parent, if I'm investing, you know, money into my kid, like I want to see, I want to know what I'm investing in. Um, so I think that's where like, as coaches, we have to do a really good job of building trust, not just with the kid, but with the parents. Yeah. Like, listen, I love your kid and I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make them successful. And I don't know exactly what that looks like yet because I just met them, but I'm going to do everything I can to figure it out and we're going to work together and make this happen. Right. Um, so I, I think that's huge for us. Yeah. My, my thing with parents is a little different than yours. My, my parents aren't trying to tell me what to do or give me ideas. It's more, it's more like when you drop your kid off at preschool for the first time, you know, you kind of have to do it, you know, like rip it like a bandaid where it's like, Oh, drop them off. And the, the teachers are taking care of my child now, you know, it's not, Hey, I'm sticking around at preschool and I'm going to wipe his nose when he needs it. Or, you know, that's what I have is I'll, I'll have parents that are sticking around, which I want them to stick around. I want them to watch it, but when they fall down or they're tired, I don't want the parents running out into the gym and, you know, trying to help them. It's just yeah. giving the trust. And so maybe you're right. Maybe that's, maybe it's just, I need to not only build the trust within the athletes, but also with parents more Yeah, that I will, Hey, I'm taking, I'm making sure your, your child's okay. I'm going to take care of them in this hour. You know, they're my responsibility. You get to sit down, take your videos, do whatever you want. FaceTime grandma and grandpa. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just let me, let me handle what's happening in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you don't deal with the, the parent issues. Um, no, I deal other... with the parents and their own fitness. Right. <laughs> yeah. Parents fitness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but like, like you were talking about, like the people that are like, they've never done this before. Like, the one that bothers me the most are the people that come in and they're like, okay, this is my problem, whatever it is. If it's getting out of pain, if it's losing weight, whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. We can absolutely deal with that. And then I'm like, and this is the path that needs to be taken, like laid out. And they're like, mm, 
I don't like that. Not going to do that. <laughs> and you're like, I equate it to being like, like going to a doctor and like, doctor, I don't feel good. Something's off. Doctor's like, okay, cool. Let's run some tests. Comes back like, hey, this is what you have. You're right. You do have something going on. Here's what it is. And here's how we get you better. And then going like, mm, I'm going to try something else. You know, like they came to us. We know what we're doing. You don't know what you're doing. That's why you came to us. But then when we lay it out of like, this is how you get what you're wanting. They don't want it. Yeah. Or, or they think that we're wrong or they think that they know better. And I think that that's like what you were talking about of like building trust with people is some people you can build that trust like from the get go. And some people it takes years and years to build that trust with. Um, and some people you just never do. And for yeah. whatever reason, I think it can be a lot of reasons, but I think that that's the, the one that bothers me the most when they come to us and go, Hey, I need help. Cool. This is how we're going to help you. And then they go, that's, uh, that's wrong. Like, yeah. How, how do you know? Yeah. And that's the hard part too, right? Because the trust, like trust takes time, yeah. right? Like you trust for most people takes time to build. Um, and like, we don't get that, right? Like those, when those people walk in and they start with you, they're giving you money on day one mm -hmm. and they're trusting you with their fitness. Um, so like, that's a hard thing. So I think like for us as coaches, one of the things that, that is important is like, and it, I don't know, it may not sound right, but it's like our resume, right? Yeah. Like what have we done in the past for other people? Um, and that's, that's why like I post any athlete that I get to college, like I put on, I put on our wall, I put where they're going to school, what year they graduated, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's not to like brag on anything that I've done It's to show you like, Hey, if, if you do the program that I'm asking you to do, right? I can get you to this level. Mm -hmm. Like I can, I can help you with that. It's not a, it's not a, Hey, look at me thing. It's a, Hey, if you, if you work really hard, like this is where you can go and we're in this together and we're going to work as hard as we can to make sure that your picture gets up on the wall. Um, yeah. and those are conversations that, that we try to have with those people. Um, and a lot of times like our resume and our background and the results that we've gotten with other people is the only level of trust that those parents or in your case, your athletes have. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, that's, and at the beginning, when you first start coaching, you don't have that. So that's right. the, that's the hard part at the beginning getting started. Um, yeah. yeah so I, you know, that one's, that one's a big one. Uh, you know, just making sure that people understand like what they're getting into, uh, which kind of leads into the next piece. Like, what are some things that you, and we'll start with you. Like, what are some things that you wish people knew, uh, before they started working with you? Oh man, especially in CrossFit is that you don't have to be fit to start. Yeah. Like, uh, was so <laughs> I think, I think for like the GPP, like that's the GPP, like you do not have to be fit to start. Um, just walk through the doors. Like that's, that is the first thing you need to do. Um, I feel like with the athlete though, the competitive athlete, something I wish they knew before they started, I think. A lot of people, and we talked about this, I think just last week, of just understanding what it's going to take for you to be able to do what you're wanting to do. Like, because most people want to be a competitive CrossFitter, they start in just like a one hour class. And so they kind of equate, like, well, my training is going to still look very similar to what I've been doing in this one hour class. And it's like the sport of CrossFit has progressed beyond that um, yeah. to where it's like the, people are making full-time careers out of being CrossFit athletes now, just like people make careers out of being football players. So it's not this, um, I'm going to do one hour a day for five days a week and expect to be elite in this. And so just understanding like there's a lot of work and a lot of commitment that has to be made and not that you can't do it. You just have to understand it's not the same thing as the, what initially got you started in CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? For me, it's um, that my kids' class, it's a building block. It's the first building block of their fitness journey, you know, that, you know, they're coming in at five, six, seven years old, and they're going to do this for, for a couple of years. Um, and it's going to be, as I said, simple workouts. Sorry, necessarily simple workouts. They're going to be difficult, but simple movements. Um, 
and they're going to get better at these movements and they're going to grow that that passion and that that love for fitness um and so i need people to know that this is the building block and the way that we set it up here at evolution is that they come to the kids class and then once they they start aging out or you know becoming better athletes then i pass them on to to nate so just knowing hey this is going to be uh the very basics and then nate will take them to the next level and you know create you know more of an athlete yeah yeah and that's that's kind of the cool system that we have set up um i don't know i, I think once they get to me the biggest thing i'm trying to teach them because like again i'm trying to make them more athletic but part of that is building kind of a base level of strength right and and strength kind of is the primary driver for everything that we do once you get to me um so i think one of the biggest things i want i would want kids to know is like it takes a long time to get strong it's not something that happens quickly like as a kid it'll happen quickly for a little bit and then it'll kind of flatten out um but it, it just takes a long time to get strong and it's boring like <laughs> i mean we'll try to you know spice some things up with some accessory work and those kind of things but like you're gonna squat every week and you're going to do three sets of five and you're going to add a little bit and you're going to do the same thing next week and the same thing the week after that and the same thing the week like it just takes a long time to get strong like there's a reason the strongest people in the world are usually in their like 40s or 50s uh -huh. like it just takes a it takes a while um so i think like not expecting in, like you're going to have some immediate results but not expecting to be super strong super fast um yeah i think that's a big one then the other one we kind of touched on earlier is like you're not a professional athlete and you shouldn't train like one um yeah. I, you know <laughs> we talk about this a lot but like the number of kids that i've that have sent me like video clips of derrick henry or <laughs> lamar jackson or saquon barkley and like these dudes that are training certain ways are like hey can we do this can we train no Jameis Winston with like a baseball bat yeah. in the yard. <laughs> yeah, like we can't train like that because those dudes already have the things that you're working for. Like, let's talk about what, you know, Derrick Henry was doing when he was your age, not what he's doing when he's 32 years old or whatever yeah, he is now. Right. Um, and I guarantee you he was under a squat bar or under a bench press bar doing three by five or five by whatever it is um, and just adding a little bit each week. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, understanding that like it's going to be boring. It takes a while to get strong. You were not training like professional athletes because we're not professional athletes. Um, and I think the other one is like just consistency. Um, and that's probably a common thread with all of yeah. us. Like you can't work out for three months a year in the summer and then expect to be elite. Like It's just you have to work out year round. Um, and one of the one of the issues that I hear all the time is like, oh, well, I don't have time. I don't have time you do though yeah like, mm -hmm. I, I don't i that argument to me is and i've i literally heard it today um it's like oh my kid doesn't have time to get there it's like but they do like they could come before school or they could come after school or they could like come on a weekend like there's times where your kid could be lifting getting stronger getting faster yeah um you know so so the excuse of well we don't have time to do that like i don't i don't buy that from anybody um so that, that's a big one for me is like, you know, again, it's, it takes a long time. You have to be consistent. It has to be a year round thing. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you can't take a week off or two weeks off or whatever, but like, it's gotta be a consistent thing throughout your entire career. Um, and I tell kids this all the time. Like I, I have yet to hear a college coach tell me like, Hey man, I really wish that she wasn't that strong. Right. I really <laughs> wish that she was weaker. She's way too strong to yeah. play at this level. Um, like that's never happened, but a hundred percent of coaches that I've talked to have always said, Hey, as soon as we can get, you know, him stronger or her stronger, like she's going to be a really good player. Or he's going to be a really good player. It's like, you don't have to wait till college to do that. Like yeah. if we would just work through that now, now, not only are you getting recruited, but now you're playing as a freshman instead of taking two years of your college career to get strong enough to play. Right. Um, you know, so those, those kind of things I think are big for me. Um, you know, as far as that goes, but I guess kind of what I want to finish with um, is as an overall industry. So, you know, you're talking about GPP programming, CrossFit, elite 
coaches, those kind of things. You're talking about kids programming. I'm talking about athlete programming. Like, what do we need to be better at as as an industry, as a whole? You start Oof. as an industry as a whole. I think honestly, so, I think like what we talked about a little bit before, like what Russ is doing here is like starting people to understand that what like like exercise is not this like um like outside skill that people need to get whenever they are ready for it. Like exercise should be something that is ingrained from the get-go, from when you're young, all the way through school, all the way into your adulthood, because we move as human beings. So we should move when we're young so that we can continue to move when we're older. You know, and again, like that's gonna that's gonna play out a, a thousand different ways. Like if that's um, somebody wanting to be a D1 track star or somebody that just wants to not hurt when they get out of bed when they're 70. Like movement is going to be that jam for you. And I think that that's as an industry helping people get to that point where it's not like exercise is a, an option, but it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, what, what we're talking about here where we're, you know, starting them young, right? Like, yeah. I think that's, that's huge. So, um, what about you? I know you haven't been in the kids coaching long, but like, what are some yeah. things maybe that you think that we could do better? Um, getting parents involved outside of the, out of the class, you know, for me, you know, I can only speak about, you know, I coach two hours a week of the kids class, but having kids, what I see here at evolution is I, I see parents like Nate brings his daughter every single day and she's in a weight room and she sees the fitness and she enjoys doing it. She runs up to me, coach Russ, what do you want me to do? Like, you know, <laughs> tell me to do something. And, and she does it. So, so for me, it's, it's getting the parents to, to be positive influences outside of the one hour that they're dropping them off at the gym, you know? We, I just had my first kid graduate out of the kids class and, and he moved on to the adult classes um, and it inspired his parents are going to work out with him now. So now nice. instead of just having the one kid work out, now he is, his mom and dad are working out with him. So they're on their fitness journey. He's beginning his fitness journey. And, you know, that's, you know, something really beautiful to see. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, and I think that's that's huge for I can't remember what the stat is. I read some stat the other day and it was talking about moms, but it was like kids that see their moms working out like are some incredible percentage more likely to be fit later in life or sure. can't remember what it was. But yeah, yeah. I mean, getting getting parents involved, because if you know, every kid is is probably has the most influence from their parents, good or bad. They're as growing up, you're going to be highly influenced by uh, by mom and dad or mom or dad or whoever you're with. Um, so if they take their fitness seriously, it's important to them, right? The kid's going to be more likely to be able to, to take their fitness seriously as well. So I, I agree. Um, I love having my kids here. You know, he talked about my, my middle one is here every day and she literally just comes in and just starts working out. Like she'll <laughs> grab a PVC pipe, she'll put some weights on it and she'll start squatting. She'll run, she'll ask coach Russ what to do. Like, and, and we don't even tell her, she just starts and just comes in and does it. Um, which is awesome. The other day, they asked if they could go in the garage. Um, I didn't really know what they were doing. I probably should have asked that before they went to the garage. Um, but like the, the girl, my girls asked and I was like, yeah, go ahead. So I walk out there a few minutes later and they're squatting. Nice. Like they have a barbell on their back and they're squatting. Yeah. Um, way too much weight. Probably, probably got hurt. Um, <laughs> but I was like, that's awesome. Like I was so happy to walk out there and be like, hey, like nobody's telling them to. They didn't ask. They just started working out. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, like that's really cool like i hope that that stays forever um so yeah i think that one's that one's huge uh for me on my end i think one of the biggest things that we do as an industry and one thing that i really try to not do is waste kids time and money uh, or waste parents time and money mm -hmm. um i i've worked at facilities i've seen a lot of facilities where like i don't feel like they're doing what's best for that kid um I feel like it's just a money grab, um, you know, a lot of different things that that I could go into in detail. But I try really hard not to like waste parents, waste kids time and money. Um, 
And I think I do a pretty good job of that. I try to do a good job of that. Um, because what's interesting about working with kids and especially when they get into that middle school, high school age is like anything that you give them is going to work. Yeah. Right. And that sounds weird, but like, because they have zero training age or very little training age, especially with, with any kind of weight, like anything that you give them is going to get them stronger, but it's like, are you still doing what's best for that kid? Right. Like, you know, if I get a kid that's never done any kind of running agility work or anything, and I just throw him on a ladder four days a week, like he's probably going to get a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. He's probably gonna get a little bit quicker. Um, he might even get a little bit stronger because he's never done anything, but that doesn't mean that giving him 50 different agility ladders is the best thing for that kid. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I try to always make sure that I'm giving the parent and the kid good value for, you know, what they're, what they're investing into me. Um, and that goes back to just building trust and those kind of things. So I, I think as an industry, I think we do a really poor job of wasting parents time and money as far as performance coaches go. And it gives, and it's hard to like battle some of that too with people, um, especially with like high school coaches. I've had a really hard time getting connected with high school coaches because those guys have seen, you know, people in my position basically take money from these parents and not really give them anything. Yeah. Um, so like building trust with those high school coaches, I think me being a coach is helping a little bit cause I'm getting connected with those guys. Um, and like they've come into the facility a few times and seen like, Oh, they're actually like actually helping this kid. Um, and me trying to help them understand, like, my job is to make this kid better so that he performs better for you. Right. Like, I could care less what he does in here. Like, I want him to be a better basketball player, football player. I want her to be a better lacrosse player, like whatever it is. Um, but like helping coaches understand that. So I think, you know, that probably goes into the into the not wasting time and, and money, but also getting connected with high school coaches and making sure that you're doing the right things for their kid. Um, and then the last one goes back to kind of what we talked about at the beginning is like remind these kids that sports are supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know, like don't lose that joy that you had in Coach Russ's class as you go through this process. Because at the end of the day, like it should be enjoyable for you. Um, there's so many stories and, and different books written about it and stuff now of kids that like just destroy themselves because – you know, they feel like they have to live up to some certain standard that they set for themselves or parents or coaches or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I feel like we don't do, we do a good job, I think, of training kids for the most part. But it's like reminding them like, hey, man, like this should be fun for you. Like when you go to play in a game on Friday night, like that should be fun. It shouldn't be like all this pressure and so much uh, like everything's riding on this. If I don't play well tonight, I'm not going to get to college. I'm not going to get a good job. Like that shouldn't be a thought. Like go out on Friday, perform, enjoy it, have fun. Like all the other things will take care of itself. Yeah. Um, so just, and that's personally for me, like just reminding kids like, Hey man, just enjoy this, right. Enjoy this time. Enjoy Friday night. Enjoy this track meet. Enjoy the lacrosse game, whatever it is, but like have fun with it um, and, and make it something that you're going to remember in a positive light. Um, yeah. So those, those are kind of the thing, the couple of things that I think overall is a sports performance industry that, you know, we could get better at for sure. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? Anything else you guys want to talk about programming wise? I feel like the thing we talked about the least programming. programming. <laughs> programming. Yeah. yeah. We talked about the basics, the principles. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's just a lot that goes into, you know, like things about like, and I feel like this would probably be another podcast, but like the specifics of training or programming, you know, of like, you know, again, like, like Russ's goal is different than your goal. It's different than my yeah. goal, but like the threads of like progressing them, you know, like it doesn't, you know, if, if Russ is taking them from just a normal air squat to squatting with a wall ball, you know, like progressing them to get better through things, um, you know, that's going to be the same thing as you taking them from um, progressing in, you know, speed work, you know, and then that's going to be me progressing them through high volume with intensity or whatever it is, you know, like things like that of, of actual programming of, you know, like we've talked about, like things are different for each of us, but there are still principles that stay the same for each of us, you yeah. know, so.
Thanks for listening to the Unlocking Athletes podcast. If you liked what you heard, give us a follow, comment, and review. If you are or know of an athlete that truly has the desire to maximize their potential, please follow at EAX underscore Athlete Academy and send us a message. We do in-person and remote training for athletes in any sport and would love an opportunity to be a part of your journey. Until next time, be an example you want others to follow, be intentionally grateful every single day, and be the hardest worker in the room. Let's have a day.